Holly with Indie Squad Podcast, and thank you again for joining us for another special episode of Circle City Spotlight. We are in the wake of COVID-19. There's no events happening, so we wanted to highlight some really special folks in and around the Indianapolis area. And today I'm so excited. I have Allison Luthi on the line with me, and she is the executive director at the MLK Center. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's let's start out by let's tell the listeners a little bit about the MLK Center, what you do, who you serve, all those good things. Yeah, we are at the corner of 40th and Illinois in Indianapolis, and we serve youth and their families in the surrounding neighborhoods of Butler, Tarkington, Crown Hill, Mapleton, Fall Creek, and Meridian Kessler. And so normally at this time, we would be getting ready for kids to come after school um, or spring break. I think we would be on spring break right now. Mm -hmm. And we also have supportive services for their parents. So counseling, financial coaching. Um, We have video game tournaments, different neighborhood activities, all kinds of things going on here at a community center. Awesome. So obviously things are a little bit different for you guys right now too uh, with the coronavirus. So uh, I read that you guys are doing some pretty cool things to to continue supporting the community. You want to talk about some of the things that you guys are up to? Yeah, so the first couple of days that IPS was out of school, we were providing emergency school-age child care, but fortunately, all of those kids have been able to find family care, um, or for some of them, their parents aren't working right now, so they're at home with them. But since then, um, we have been delivering meals every day um, to folks who can't get to the drive through sites. So that looks like anywhere from... 50 to 80 addresses a day. In some of those, we've gotten other community centers to help. And in some cases, we're still driving and delivering those. And there's anywhere from one adult to eight family members in some of those households. So it's definitely a needed service because people can't get to the grocery store or to the food banks that are still open. Wow, that's amazing. And, and, you know, I mean, some of the grocery stores don't have a lot. um, So they would be undernourished with with some of the stuff that's available right now. So I'm really glad that you guys are going out into the communities and doing that. Typically, how many families do you serve in total? Um, In total, we probably serve three to 400 families during the year. And so right now we're serving three to 400 families every few days. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And do you guys have any other programs that you're working on as far as, um, you know, helping support some of these families who've been displaced with work or things like that? Yeah. So we have um, some emergency assistance available to parents who live in our four neighborhoods and some of the other community centers have it available in their area, but we are taking requests, we've already been getting requests for rent and utility assistance, because even though there's a moratorium on evictions and disconnects, the bills are going to pile up. So talking with families about how much their hours have been cut, whether they qualify for unemployment, what other financial assistance is available, um, so that we can try to triage, you know, some of the emergencies that are becoming in the next few months. Wow. Well, and Allison, so so there might be families that are in the neighborhoods that you serve that don't know about you guys. Um, what would you recommend for a family that's in need right now um, to see if they qualify for services or if there's any help? What would be your best recommendation to them? 
Yeah, so they can always call um, our main number, which is 317-923-4581. If we don't answer, we have a voicemail that we're checking throughout the day, and we can call them back and see where their address is, and if we can't help them, try to connect them to the next best thing. Um, if folks want um, in the neighborhood want to sign up for food delivery, they need to do that every morning, and there's a link on our website if they have internet access at MLK Center nd.org. If folks don't have internet access and they would like our help getting that connected or getting that set up or getting a hotspot or making sure their cell phone bill is paid, um, they can leave us a message and um, we can try to help them with that. Wow, that's amazing. Now, obviously, you guys, things don't just pop out of thin air for you to be able <laughs> to do what you do. What about folks who are more blessed and, and have a little bit more? How can they help? the MLK Center. Yeah, and we've been seeing a lot of that already. So we're very grateful to folks that have been making donations on our website, dropping off donations um, in our parking lot. Um, so from 10 to 2, people can donate groceries or school supplies. In addition to food delivered at home, we're taking books and educational materials. Um, so folks can donate. They can go to our website, mlkcenterind.org, and there's a donate button. Um, and then if they want, there's a link for volunteering and they can volunteer to deliver these meals. They pick them up in our parking lot and they can leave them on the porch for families and then families can come out and get them. So they can still practice, you know, social distancing and safety precautions um, if they want to volunteer, um, but they're more than welcome to donate as well. That's cool. So let me ask you this. How big of a scramble was it for you guys to kind of pivot from your normal routine to handling all of this? Um, I saw on the news that Seattle Public Schools and the schools in Ohio closed. And so I sort of knew that we weren't far behind. And so we had a conversation, I think, three or four days before Indianapolis Public Schools made that decision. And so I had already gotten a commitment from our staff that we would do whatever we could. And we were already preparing for spring break where we operate 12 hours a day. So um, we were we were sort of prepared for the daytime childcare. Um, I would say with the donations, we've been fortunate. Second Helpings and Cafe Patitude Foundation already deliver meals here every day. And so they were able to increase the amount of meals that they delivered to us for us to then take out to the individual families. So Fortunately for us, it's been pretty streamlined. We have the capacity to do home deliver meals. Um, we have the capacity to text and communicate regularly with our parents. Um, so if they needed something, they already knew we would be available. That's really cool. Now, after COVID, I imagine there's going to be some transition period for a lot of people. Are you guys working on plans now to to get ready for that time as well? Yeah, I think, you know, people are going to um, some are going to be able to go back to work faster than others. Some are going to need to be retrained. Um, some, you know, people in the restaurant business are not going to recover from this. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about how we bulk up our employment services to just help people find, you know, even right now there are jobs available, but getting people connected to those. Um, we do have, um, we're actually starting tomorrow, a neighborhood-based transportation um, micro transportation program and so while we're not able to physically take people in the car right now we're able to take them groceries and take them medication and so i'm hoping after this is over we can help get people to those jobs no matter where those jobs are 
Um, it's kind of like a neighborhood rideshare, um, and also will be on a circulator around the neighborhood. Um, and employment is one of the primary reasons that it was started. We have a partnership with Indigo. So as soon as, you know, safely we're able to get people back to work, we want to make sure we're transporting them. That's amazing. I love to have seen, you know, everything going on in the community and people really coming together. And it's one of the reasons I love Indianapolis and, and uh, the spirit of, of not just Hoosiers, but uh, Indy in particular. It's just, it's just a very different environment. Uh, so I like hearing that you guys are being very proactive and, and you know, helping not just the, the particular members in the community, but it sounds like it's far reaching and, and going to have benefits for everybody. Is there anything else, Allison, that you would like uh, the community to know about MLK Center or what you're up to or, or any, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I would just tell them to follow us on social media and try to spread the word. Um, our, my staff have gone above and beyond and continued to work, and we've been fortunate enough to be able to pay them, and they've been driving all over the county delivering food. Um, and so folks can follow us on social media, um, help connect people who do need help, and keep connecting people to us who are able to volunteer um, as we just figure out day by day what this is going to look like. Wonderful. So, Allison, thank you so much again for joining us today. We really wanted to highlight the things that you were doing uh, in your community. We will post a link uh, with the interview so that folks that are listening knows how to connect with you. But that is at mlkcenterindy.org. And there's links to donate, links to their social media, all right there. You can learn about what they're doing and how you can get involved and support them. Um, we wish everybody in our listening area all the best. Stay safe social distancing, all of those things, because the sooner we flatten the curve, the better. Uh, but in the meantime, we hope you'll keep listening and let us know how we can help. Thanks so much.